As a working mom, I was spinning on my heels trying to be everything to everyone without realizing overwhelm had its firm grip over me. And it's no wonder since we juggle many identities and responsibilities and tendencies to shy away from our awesomeness. Does this sound like you? I believe one of the keys to successful living is activating our personal power. The question is, how do we do this? Join me each week as I uncover actionable tips from experts and intentionally aligned working mums who, like you and me, are on a journey to boost their personal power. My name's Roxana. Welcome to the Personal Power Boost Podcast. My guest on today's podcast returns for the second time. Deepa Lee is an author who wrote Written in 2019, which is a semi-autobiography about a girl born in a constrained culture and into a family who struggled with integrating their girl into a Western culture. All of this meant she ended up agreeing to marry a man who was equally insecure but also held a lot of power over her. The story depicts the life of a girl who eventually breaks free, but pays a heavy price of being misunderstood and estranged by her family. Deepa is here today to share the reality of her own life, her own upbringing, the struggles and the similarities with the character in the book written. Welcome Deepa. Thank you, Roxana. Good to see you again and good to hear, hear from you again. Welcome to the show. So I would love to find out a little bit about your own backstory and, you know, where I know that the book was a semi-autobiography, but it would be really good to know just from a reality perspective of how your life kind of started off and the key events that happened in your life to shape you to become the person that you are today. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so um, my my background really is Bangladeshi. So my family originally were from Bangladesh, and my father arrived back in the sixties. He set up a restaurant and uh, he established himself here. Um, my mum, uh, she she and I and my brother arrived um, in the seventies. So I was about two years old when I first. Uh, moved here with my my mum and uh, and settled in the uk and uh, we we grew up i grew up in the in the north of, of you know greater manchester in this small town and it's sort of set in the hills and the and the pennines so every day i would be able to you know walk to school and you know which is very close and see the hills and the and the pennines in front of me and that was always my starting point and in the book if you when you read the book you will see that scene and the and the setting that you know it's a very much um a very country sort of small town um place in in the north and uh you know the hills you know gave me a lot of inspiration for the book because when you look across the pennines and the peak district you'll always see clouds hovering over and um you've got this sunlight coming in and um it was a real place for me to dream um being being in in the north you know you're you're in a in in the in a town where it's it's really quite not a lot going on and it really gives you a lot of time to think about things and the hills were always a place for me to look out onto and actually 
think about you know where I can go what is beyond that hill what you know what is that town I wonder what that looks like over there I wonder what it'd be like to walk across to that street oh, I can see people walking I wonder what they're doing what they're thinking and you know growing up in you know with my family it was pretty much just very just us really my mom and I really at home a lot of the time and you know she would often talk about her dreams and what she would like to do and I would always wonder why she couldn't have her dreams you know why can't she have her dreams you know her dreams would always be to go back to Bangladesh and and live there or be with her family there and everything and I couldn't understand it so some of the inspiration from the book was you know this idea that you know, my mother always had this, you know, she wanted to explore, she wanted to do things, but she couldn't do it. She felt she hadn't, she didn't have any choice. And the reason she didn't have any choice was because in her world and in, in her belief system, that everything was written by Allah in a certain way, and that you have to accept your fate and your destiny and, and what has been written for you as a little girl I found that really hard to swallow if you like I I couldn't see how that you know you have to just accept everything what everything everything you know and I would sit there looking out the window and I'd go everything you mean like everything how how do I just sit there and accept everything so if I fall, I have to accept that. And if somebody shouts at me, I have to accept that. And if somebody does something um, wrong to me, I have to accept that. Is that, is that real? Is that for, for real? That's how it is that God wanted that for me. You know, and I would, every time my mum would go through any issue, uh, and there was a lot of issues, um, I won't go into them, but it would always question the sanity and accepting it you know why why do we have to accept that you know why do we why does why does she have to be accept being hurt mistreated in any way that can't be right so you had a strong um you had a strong sense of right and wrong and and almost wisdom about you at such a young age to know to question because who does when they're that young you kind of accept what your parents say and you you roll with it and you have no reason to question it but the fact that you were already at such a young age questioning your mm. mom's views about just accepting the good the bad the ugly and that almost like I guess it was almost this kind of sense of resignation that life is what it is and mm -hmm. that actually there is no real sense of you being the director of that life. You know, it's already been, the steps have already been paved for you. You just have to go along with it. Yeah. But what I felt as well from the whole, my experience with my family and my relationships and, and the community was that, this idea of resignation, which is a really great word that you've used there, um, it doesn't feel real because when you when you choose to accept that's your life, you're not really accepting it. You're putting on a front and you're saying to the world, 
okay, this has happened to me, but the effects, the psychological, mental well-being effects that are being suppressed because you've chosen to go, well, I'm going to take a beating, beating. I'm going to accept this abuse. I'm going to accept uh, this, this way of um, thinking. You're just suppressing something. You're not really enjoying the experience. You're not fully involved in the experience. You're just accepting it because that's what you feel you have to do. It's not a real, you're not really choosing that path. Not a choice. That's exactly what yeah. I was say. It's not a choice. It's a, it's this or nothing. You know, I have to make do with what's happening to me. Yes. And, and that leaves you very numb. And even in my own experiences, that left me very numb. You know, when I decided to go uh, to to go ahead and, and marry somebody that wasn't really um, suitable for me, you know, I I went down the path to please my family and and go right go right with tradition and and try and uphold their honor and all of these cultural beliefs that you know and expectations that were really thrust upon me but i i just know that the choices i was making were not the right choices for me in that the feeling of emptiness of numbness of sadness of complete a complete void you know just it just felt like it, I wasn't really experiencing my true, truest form of myself. I was in pain, you know, and that, that just makes me, that's, that's when I feel like your life starts to decline. Your, your real, the real value of why you're here and what you're doing here and, and the options that you've chosen, whether they're really right for you, because when I moved away from it eventually, when I chose to move away from that, I experienced amazing, miraculous feelings, the sensations of, wow, this is what it's like to make choices for yourself. This is what it's like to walk out of the door and feel your real value. This is what it's like to do a job that you really enjoy. And all these pleasures I was now feeling was just phenomenal. And I just, I wrote the book because I wanted people to explore those ideas for themselves. You know, when they read, when they read a lot of what's going on in Eleanor's life, you'll start to get a sense of she's really thinking this through and she's really processing what's going on. Every obstacle that she hits, she's presented with a choice. Do I, do I, you know, still push through with my exams or not do I try and please my family or do I just please you know try and try and achieve what I've set for myself mm -hmm. you know do I please my family and you know get married or do I try and find the right forward what way forward for me and in all these choices that she's making she's coming to this realization that the real choice is in you, you know, is the real inner wisdom is in you and you, you need to speak to your golden truth. And I always say golden truth because it, when you, in, in the book, the idea is that you, sometimes you hit an idea and it could be, I want to start a new business or I want to do, do this painting or, um, I want to look really pretty today, you know, any, you know, just really small things, you know, 
it can be can can be made of and then something happens and you go yeah i want to yeah i want to dress up really nicely today actually no people will say i'm ugly oh people think oh what will people think of me if i dress like this oh what will people think of me if i did my hair like this oh they might think i'm a bit of a whore they might think i'm you know being too uh, pretentious and all of these ideas start to take that little shine away from you that little golden light which actually brought you to this feeling of um i feel so good if i did this and slowly it chips away until the point you go forget it i'm not going to bother doing my hair who's going to notice me anyway and you forget it and i really like the idea to bring together you know my expression and my writing with that with honoring that idea first that your inner wisdom and your inner golden truth that little shining light that that's inside of you you've got to give it room to shine and let it be there keep allowing that idea to you know to give it room and space and you know con- you know obsess about it if you have to you know for a while obsess about it obsess about that business or not obsess about that that thing that you wanted to do and just give it room give it space because it's that that actually creates this real feeling of i so love being here i'm so meant to be here i think what's really interesting and what as you're speaking the thing that i just find so remarkable about you and your story is that you went what you went through well let's not skirt over it what you went through from childhood and then the marriage that you were arranged into against your wishes really but you went along with it and then you endured in that marriage too you were you 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 were at the receiving end of emotional and physical abuse on a daily basis you had no choices and you were told things you were things were said to you by your family and your husband at the time that would diminish the light in any human being you know they are enough to stop most of us in our tracks and give up on life completely because what's the point then if Mm. i am not somebody who is able to make a sound decision for myself if i'm not even asked for my opinion to decide something so crucial in my life in terms of marriage and then once I'm in that marriage I have to ask for permission to go on a work event or to decide what I want to wear or when I want to go outside the house these are all things that are completely controlled by another human being and I have no choice and no voice in that Mm -hmm. and the thing that is so remarkable is that despite all of that, and there were many events that happened, micro events that happened within those years of your life, you still had hope. You still had this view that I need to find the choice in this situation. What choice am I presented with here? And I just find that remarkable. I'm literally like, how? Because, you know, when we have those negative thoughts and those beliefs that have been programmed within us by our parents and then by other people that are unhealthy for us 
those tend to take over our thinking. You know, we don't think for ourselves. We don't trust our judgment. Mm. You're talking about the golden light. And I think about um, Oprah Winfrey used to talk a lot about this resounding yes um, on her mm. toes that you know when you want to do something and there's just this resounding yes and it comes from a deep place within you and you know you want it. But most of us don't even have the quietness and the stillness to hear it. Yeah. And I, and I, it takes, it, it takes a lot of courage and a lot of, a lot of work to, to find it, to actually find that ability to go yeah I'm going to do this this is what I'm going to do and it was not by any means easy for me either to to go through that and actually you know in the book you might hear a lot of this um inner self talk um sometimes you know the character is trying to talk herself out of this situation or or she's hearing all of these things from her seven-year-old self you know which is saying no, you've got to do this for your mum and dad. You've got to do this. And it takes it takes a lot to navigate what these cultures and these societies and these family upbringings can can you know bring about in you. So by no stretch of the imagination would I um think this is an easy thing to do, but it's so worth it. It is so worth it to strive and pursue that because really the way I see it is, and I, I said this to my dad when I was growing up, um, uh, you know, what, what, what are you going to say to yourself when you get really old, you know, about, about what you've done? I mean, what are you going to say to God? You know, he gave you this time on earth, you know, to really enjoy earth and enjoy, enjoy everything that it has. What are you going to say you did on your holiday if you don't do anything on this holiday, on this journey? on this short time that we have on this planet is is it is is the idea of just you know doing everything for everybody else and not for you is that is that really what will be fulfilling is that what everybody else will remember you by no you know your your real time here is very very short and it is worth it it's worth fighting for is worth fighting for that allocated slot that you've been given, you know, which is a miracle in itself. Um, oh, so beautiful. <laughs> I love that you, the, the way that you put that, this allocated time that we have. I think one of the things that I know that you experienced throughout your life were periods of time when you felt quite estranged from your family, the family that you grew up with especially during the time of the marriage and the turbulent years that you had there and although you did try to go and stay with relatives at certain points to have some respite and to have some breathing space and maybe hope in the hope that they may offer you um, a, a get out of jail card <laughs> if you like but that never really happened and I wouldn't I wonder if you'd like to explore a little bit about that and, and female advocacy in the Asian culture uh, mm. and how you navigated that and how you made peace and reconciled with the fact that your family were actually not there for you when you needed them. Yeah. So I've, I've always felt like I am in a way 
you know, an, an alien in, you know, in my family. I've always felt that I am watching, I'm, I'm an observer and I'm watching what's going on around me. I've almost kind of like dislocated, if you like, and detached from my, you know, my presence on earth. And, and I'm watching all of this going on around me. And when I, what it always, the sensation I always got was, are these, am I invisible? Because these people don't seem to understand that physical violence, hurting somebody is never right. It's never right. How can that be so such a, a minor element in in my existence if I'm not safe and if I'm not healthy and you know physically safe then how can that how can that be treated in such a trivial way and I think the reason why a lot of a lot of the time in in these cultures it's it's just embedded into into their into their idea. It's it's a bit like um, I don't know what the word is, but when people have just become so neutral to to seeing things, they just see it so often that they become just yeah. This is this is what happens, and this is yeah. She's probably to blame for it because she obviously upset him, and that's the reason why. Um, why this happened she wasn't conforming to to something and that's why it didn't happen and I, and there's this i think in women women in in this culture i'm not saying everybody i'm just saying a lot of these families are, are pretty much reinforcing these truths you know for themselves they're often you know you'll hear them well you know this happened this happened to me too and you know um you know you obviously and it happened because I did something wrong or they are almost allowing it to become normal behavior for men and rather than kicking up a fight and going how dare you and why did you allow this to happen and how could you how could you let this happen to her you know they they take the other stance that it's definitely the girl that's a problem you know, in and yet every part of my being was saying there's nothing left of me if I'm not alive. If I'm beaten, then there's nothing to be honor anymore. There's nothing to be proud of anymore. There's nothing if I'm not alive, then then there's no point in this marriage. You know, and my family have to found it very hard to come to terms with this idea that I was um, not going to tolerate this. I wasn't going to tolerate abuse. I wasn't going to tolerate physical abuse. I wasn't going to tolerate being controlled to the point where I couldn't leave a room unless I was given permission. And there was just something completely foreign. I you know, in that in that circle and that surrounding that just wouldn't agree with me. It just wouldn't agree with me because, you know, my, my family just seemed to think that it was 
this this is what happens in, in marriage this is what this is what you need to suck up and live live for and i placed it wasn't so much that i placed value on my life but i felt there was so much i'm here to do there's so much work that i've got to do while i'm here on planet earth that i couldn't let those things go and the one thing that was really coming back to me time and time again was that if I'm not alive, how am I going to allow those things to happen? If I'm not safe, how am I going to allow those things to happen? And one of the things that really was a crossing point for me was um, when I felt when I felt pregnant, and um, you know that was really when I came to the crossroads. Was what do I do now? How how am I going to survive this? You know how am I going to bring up a child? If I'm not safe myself, how am I going to, you know, survive? What will happen to my baby if, if I don't survive? And if I'm not safe, who's going to look after this child? And that was just, that just became too much for me. And it's a bit like when you're on a plane and they say that, before you secure anybody else's seatbelts, make sure you secure your own first. And it wasn't, it was a huge, huge moral um, decision I had to make, but I wasn't going to allow myself to, to die in a situation where I had to be responsible for somebody else. And I, and I couldn't, I couldn't do that. And that was when I realized that in every situation there is a choice. And the choice that you need to make is loving yourself, loving the value that you place on being here and the reason why you're here. You're here on planet Earth, not just to live and learn and all these things, but you're bringing something every day. And you need to show up with everything that you have, with all the grace and all the love and the fill your cup to the point where you are ready to live and take that and you know go forth with that because everything else i mean everything else will figure itself out i mean at the time when i was making these decisions i was saying oh gosh what are people going to say i'll never get married again people will never love me people hate me people will not like me you know i'll be disowned forever and all of these things and um yes to a certain extent i have been but at the same time i've realized that the you can still love people you can still love your family despite the disagreements and things you have you can still say to them i love you i know we're different we may have different opinions we may have a different um belief system you know we may have a different way of life but we can choose to love each other still and not hate each other. We can still love each other and just gracefully take our journey that we came here to take. And I, and I really feel that many of us need to not just go with, you know, the flock of sheep and actually just take the stance of I am here and all the things that I came here, you know, I fought for this life and I need to live it the way I truly believe is me. Wow, that's amazing. I think one of the biggest 
things that brings pain to most of us is this notion of expectation of what should have happened and also in terms of family how I think this is cross-cultural but everybody thinks that family should all be the same and I just think actually what if we're all not meant to be the same and actually that's what family is that we are all just very different characters having to figure out life together and therefore accepting all the different nuances that we're presented with on a daily basis and learning to navigate those and accepting those and just loving the beauty of the differences that we all share. One of the things I always say, um, and this is what I really believe, and this is what I aspire for my family too, um, is a, a family is a community of people that love each other unconditionally. They are the people that you know you have fights you have you bicker you have differences you have you may have you know differences of, of opinion but at the end of the day we love this person we love them with that without any need to take it personally when they choose to do something different when they choose to explore something else and i, I think a lot of the things that i would like my you know family my you know extended family to to start to rethink their lives is this idea of honor and um, that we attach so many ideals onto people that if they don't meet those ideals and expectations, they're just instantly cut off from the family or you see women being shamed and, and you know, men being told, for example, that, you know, they're not man enough because they didn't, didn't, you know, do something which was culturally expected. And I think, if we can, you know, start to send out messages that there is no need to feel afraid to be yourself, you know, love was unconditional. Love was something that we were brought up with and we, you know, we should embody everything that we have in us to, to be, you know, filled with love and, and, not with it and, and not start to attach, well, this person didn't do this, so I don't like them anymore. This person didn't do this. We can choose to have be free of that and actually go, this ball of love does not mean that I, I no longer love them because they, they have a different way of life or a different way of thinking. We can choose to just maybe not hang out anymore because we may, we may not be compatible, but we don't, need to um, we don't need to hate somebody. We don't need to hate somebody and be, have a total disliking to somebody because they just didn't, you know, have have the same, maybe have the same journey or the same um, pattern of ideas and beliefs that we have, you know. And, you and the other thing about this as well is, you know, anger, the way I look at it, is it's like a, a, a ball of, of fire. And every time we get angry, we're holding on to this big ball of fire. And then, you know, we hit somebody with it you know by saying something or shouting at them and then we throw that anger to them and then they are now holding this big ball of fire of anger and they're going oh, no I'm angry too because she said this to me and now you know she's made me angry um and I and I feel that that sort of anger is constantly being is this energy this negative energy just goes around and it loops around and it just just goes from one person to the next whereas 
with love you know if you, if you if you come from a place of love you know everything that we strive is actually because of love because we want you know even when we're feeling depressed it's coming from a place that we needed love and you know love is what actually heals a lot of that you know a lot of our um it dissipates a lot of the anger so if we choose to forgive like a lot of people say how you know how did you deal with that with your family you know being you know you know in in this situation how did you you know reconcile that well i say well i i don't dislike my family i still love my family you know and you know they they are still the people that i you know um respect and you know i respect their way of life i respect their ideas i respect what they they needed to do but where where i get the divide is where when i need to protect myself what's the best way forward mm. i can still love them i can still i can be different to them but i need to find ways in which i protect myself first but have you been able to do for yourself that your family weren't able to do for you so i, I spoke earlier about advocacy female advocacy you i know that you turned to different relatives at different times to seek refuge and support and try to have an alliance and for somebody to just say yes this is wrong and it didn't come for you in the way that you needed at the time that you needed so how have you since then created that that resilience if you like um to be there for you in the way that you need you know the way the way i look at it is it's not their fault actually you know a lot of the things that happened and their beliefs and their story that the, they everybody's coming from their own story you know where whoever you are in the world whichever community whichever race you you can only be defined by what you've heard and what you've seen and what you've experienced and you know and in a way culture has give, given a lot of the backdrop to that as well um so when you realize that they are only speaking from their own truths or their own realities then you start to realize that actually this wasn't anything personal to me i don't need to hate them or get upset with them because this was not their fault this is just what they believed i mean my mother um is a complete example of this because she was married when she was 12 12 years old a, a child of 12 years old gets married to a man who is 20 years older than her she is then moves pretty much within a very short time frame to this country and you know is expected to live and serve for my my father and bring up her children in a country where she cannot speak english she can't read or write in english and all she knows is what her mother has taught her which is that you have to accept life as it is and you have to you know accept what god has given you you know you know gracefully accept what what you've been what's been written and when you think about it of course she's going to raise up her daughters and her children in the same way because that's her truth that's her reality that's what she knows and the reason why you can't be angry with anybody anybody and upset with anybody about 
the maybe the way you, you felt you've been mistreated or misbehaved is because they come from this place where that was what their reality was and that's why they made the decisions that they have the only way you can change that is actually go right this is what happened and it happened because of this but now i have a choice do i want to face the same reality for myself do i want to accept those things for myself or do i want to go let me take a quick look at the vision of my life in the future of my life and go this is not what i came here to be or wanted to do these are the things that i want to do and it's going to be a struggle sometimes to achieve those because a lot of people with their own stories and their own backgrounds and their own realities will probably say, no, this is not the way you need to live your life. But they are only people that came with their own stories. So you've got to go, what's my story? What can I do to rewrite and shape my story? And that's why, and I think, you know, the first opening chapter when you read it, that is the concept that I was enlightened to from a, as a four-year-old and I remember sitting at my at the window you know in our house you know in our house with my mum and a, a plane is flying over the sky and mm, my mother's upset sad and she's longing to go back to Bangladesh for example and she says you know well there goes another one never be able to go back you know and she's crying and she's upset and I say to her why why can't we have that and she says because it was all written that's that's all life. That's all written. That's you know. That's what I have to accept. I'm never going to go back to Bangladesh. This, and I'm never going to see my family again. Never going to see anybody again. And I just remember feeling really, as a four-year-old, like how is that possible to believe? How can I accept that? And I just remember thinking, I was. I'm not going to accept this. You know, I wasn't born for it all to be written for me. I was born to write it. And I remember that was that truth that narrative and that is my real narrative goes all the way through my life you know it's a, it's a question i ask at every single crossroad that i come up against that you know all these ideas people have they're great you, but we can choose we can choose which way we want to take our paths for ourselves what feels good in that moment and what we want to carry forward with is is actually you own it it's nobody else's to take away. It's yours. Um, and I, and I, I, just, I just want to be able to convey that. I, it, it took me 40 years, actually, for me to come to that point where I realized that for myself. A lot of mistakes later, a lot of tears and a lot of grief and a lot of sadness to actually go, actually, I... I do have a choice. I do have a choice. I can actually choose and choose to do things. And, and that's just, even just to wake up in the morning, for example, and instead of listening to, to that inner critique that says, oh, you're, you look ugly today, you look fat, you look whatever. You can, even from that point, you can choose and go, no, actually, you're somebody telling me that. That's not how I need to choose to feel or choose, you know, the, the path I want to take today, negative or positive. So um, I'm hoping that when people read read the book, they actually can really be drawn into some of these ideas and how it can really 
be uplifting for them. I know it goes through a lot of sadness, example of sadness, but I hope that it gives them courage to actually fight for those tiny little wins that, you know, will, you know, you, you'll get in a day, you'll get a lot of bad days and a lot of horrible things happening, but you can slowly chip away at all the good things and just, you know, get there, get to what you really came here to, to be and do. Absolutely. I mean, I think you are so eloquent in the way that you share your reality and what you depict in the book. Um, I think you're you're absolutely spot on about making choices and and recognising the fact that you have a choice at every juncture in your life, every single day, every moment, every thought that comes into your head. You can choose to believe it or you can choose to create some a new narrative for yourself that serves you almost like the um, perfect way to for people to kind of take away a tool that they can use in their own life to think okay I have a choice here I have many choices actually if I choose to recognize the choices because part of it is being able to see them and I hearing you I see that from a young age for some reason you had the foresight and the wisdom to recognize that you do have choices and even though you there were lots of twists and turns and you and you took choices that weren't real choices they were decisions that you just had to go along with um in the end you came back to your truth and in the end you made choices that have compelled you to move forward in your life in a way that now most people would look to and aspire to have that sense of freedom and self-love and growth and progress and to create as you say that community around you where you yeah. is loved and I think that's I mean one thing I I mean I'm writing more um you know just small nugget nuggets of information to try and to try and just set the the sort of uh ideas that I'm, I'm I'm working on at the moment and and this is one thing that I feel really true to me and I always try and say every day and that this is what I say there are always choices be yourself love yourself and most of all free yourself um you know because that once you do that once you free free yourself to make those choices you will start to go yeah I I can do this I can do this and you'll achieve it you will I I I remember a long long time ago you know I used to feel that there's absolutely no way out of this, especially when I was in that situation. I, I just felt, tr- I felt there was absolutely no way out of this. I thought, how can I possibly even consider this an, as an option? And I know a lot of people will be, you know, come to these situations where they feel that absolutely, there's absolutely no way out of this. I can't, I can't, I can't do this. I can't get out of this. But even if you hold on to that one little tiny amount of faith that it can change, it can change, it can change rather than just going, oh, well, this is it, this is it. Just just holding on to that tiny little bit of faith will eventually give you something rather than nothing, you know, just, you know, resigning to this will end up being that. but just having a little bit of faith every day you will slowly move mountains just from those little things and 
even a book, for example, is a huge mountain, put it that way. <laughs> so um relations on your book. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. Every time I read a passage from it, I'm just so inspired and I want to keep reading it and I want everybody to know about your book because it is it's a it's a really detailed insight into a culture that I think is has probably evolved more now um, than it was then. I think the culture reflects not just the Bangladeshi culture, I think all the Asian cultures back when our parents were kind of new immigrants and trying to find their feet in this country. And also being the ages that they were, I think that they their, their focuses were on other things. It wasn't on evolving emotionally. It was about making sure that bills are paid, making sure that we fit into some kind of society where we're accepted because that sense of belonging was very strong for them um, at any cost at the cost of happiness. And I feel like the gift that that's given our generation is that we can evolve our thinking around emotional well-being and create social structures for ourselves that serve us and mm. us to reach out to each other and support one another, no matter how different we all might be. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely think that there is a massive change in our idea than our thinking in this generation and if we can harness that more you know uh, I mean there's there's still a lot of um old way of well not, I shouldn't say old way of thinking but the generational ways of thinking still you know in, in on in our generations so I think I think we can definitely find room now you know to to look at you know our well-being and our inner selves and you know self-awareness and i think yeah that is definitely i've seen a lot more more of that more more focus being put on that now thank you so much it's been an amazing conversation uh, thank you roxanne it's always a pleasure to talk to you as well I'm Roxana Hussein, and you've been listening to the Personal Power Boost podcast. You can follow Personal Power Boost on Instagram and Facebook. If you haven't yet, please go to the Apple podcast and rate and review this podcast. Do join me next week for another Personal Power Boost. Thank you so much for listening.